Good morning. Hey, Seattle. As always, it's your girls, Jasmine and Shantae. Welcome to another Thursday morning and another episode of The Way with Jazz and Tay. We'll be bringing you lots of laughs and class to get you ready for the day and the weekend ahead. Will it be the way or not the way? Find out and join the conversation. Hey, guys. Welcome to a special edition episode of The Way with Jazz and Tay. It's your girl, Jazz and Shantae. And this episode, we are bringing you guys something different. Um, we wanted to break it down and talk about the election that is coming up in a couple days. Yes, um, three days. I know. Today, yeah, today <laughs> we're three days away from the election. By the time this airs, it's literally going to be like probably a day. a day before. And anxiety is going to be high. <laughs> Um, but we did invite a special guest and comedian, Justin Herman, on to bring some insight as well as comedic relief to this episode. Because we all need that right now. Yes. <laughs> um, before we formally introduce him, here's what you can expect for today's episode. Shantae? So we're going to be talking with Justin today. Uh, we're going to play a, a fun icebreaker. We're doing an iteration of our Guess Who. Uh, this time we're going to be doing Comedians, where we ask Justin... We're going to give him a bunch of fun facts about comedians, and he has to guess them. Yes. It's going to be fun, because <laughs> I tried to make mine hard in the beginning. And, and they're if a bit he obscure. Gets off, yeah, off the first one, if you get it off the first clue I give, I'm going to be extremely impressed. <laughs> then we're going to discuss Justin's career in the entertainment industry, as well as his career in as a comedian. And we're going to talk more about his TikTok series, where he roasted all 50 states, which is hilarious. If you have TikTok, you need to download it and watch <laughs> it. My favorite is Oregon. <laughs> My second favorite is Washington because it was just, it was so funny. Um, <laughs> won't give any spoilers until we get to that. And then we're going to follow it up with our election day forecast. We're going to let you guys know who we think is going to win and what else we can expect yeah. to see after the fact. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to let you guys know now. You'd probably be surprised by my forecast. What? <laughs> 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 But now that you guys know what to expect, let us introduce our guest, Justin Herman. Justin, say what's hey. up to the people. What's going on, people? Nice to see you two as well. Uh, it was really hard not to talk during that whole intro. I struggled. I, I, <laughs> I always, I, whenever we have guests and we do our intro, I'm like, oh, I, we got them just sitting there waiting for their turn. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Look, 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 look. <laughs> so Justin has worked in the entertainment industry actually for 15 years. He's a jack of all trades, a director, producer, and a writer uh, for television and documentary films, which I think is extremely cool. I like to write. Uh, let me let me run that back. In theory, I like to write. I like to say I like to write. I used to write in a different <laughs> lifetime, but I think that that's really cool. And you're also um, a stand or do you you do stand up, but just mm -hmm. not right now because of COVID. Correct. Okay, so he's an yep. international stand-up comedian. Um, you worked on House Hunters International, which what? I want to talk to you about because I love that show. <laughs> what were you doing on there? I, I direct the series, so I, I'm one of them. They have a large roster of directors all over the world. Are so, you kidding? Uh, I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, I've been working with them on and off for ten years. It's, it's a great, great show. Real fun. Real fun to direct. I like to call it. I always call it the Make a Wish TV show because. <laughs> 
it's everybody's favorite show and then they get to be on it and my job is just to teach them how to be on it before they die that's pretty much the entire experience <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious i love it i love that show <laughs> i love every like iteration of that show um the island ones always get me yeah i was like wow we just out here with island with, money with okay so <laughs> <laughs> like what um you also took the opportunity during quarantine to make a TikTok series where you roasted all 50 states. And um, we're just excited to have you here and to have your perspective and insight. Um, we're going to talk more about that TikTok series and uh, when we get into it. But let's jump into our icebreaker. Hit me. I'm ready to have a little bit of fun. Yes. The best part about having two careers is every time I get one of these wrong, I'm going to be like, I'm a documentary filmmaker, so just chill out right, on the comedy right. stuff. <laughs> Unless I nail it. And then I'm going to be like, yo, big time comic over here. <laughs> this is what I've studied for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to kick it off. <clears throat> this comedian got his start in a TV series called Undeclared in 2001. Many know him for his breakout role in a movie that starred a pimped out purple plane whose pilot happened to be Snoop Dogg. So quick questions. I gotta, I gotta understand the parameters. Are we talking only stand-up comedians or are we talking like com comedy actors and as well? Yeah, yes. mainly stand-up, but they are also at all right. Right. In television as well. Understood. That's cool. a good question because I Thank didn't you. even think about well, that. It's funny <laughs> because when I made the list, they, I had stand-up in mind but some of the hints are not stand-up. Mm, yeah, understood, based. understood. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so next clue on this one. Okay. He's pretty good friends with The Rock. Is it Kevin Hart? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to give you the next one because <laughs> he's a mere 5'4". I knew five Kevin Hart, the last, the last one. No, no, that was it, though, totally, yeah. I knew it was the last one, but I wasn't sure because then the yeah. acting um, No, that totally makes fact, sense. Fun fact, he's got a special, uh, he's got that six-part uh, Kevin Hart special on Netflix, it's like a documentary series, yeah. and if you pause it at just the right time, you will see me in the audience at the Comedy Cellar. No uh, big TV break for me, guys. Yeah, it was huge. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah, God, so that's so funny. We watched that. that. So we cool. actually we watched did, that. Yeah. I can send you the clip I have a, uh, scored to yep. um, the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes, we want to see that for I sure. I would love to, absolutely. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this next one? I'm holding a pen. I'm so ready. I don't know okay. why, but I'm holding it. I'm ready. Hey, whatever it takes. Whatever <laughs> yeah. it takes. This comedian got his start in the late 80s as a dare and later toured as a blue collar kind of guy. Interesting. Is Jeff Foxworthy? You may also known him as a car guy. Maybe a tow truck to be specific. You're on the right track. One the Larry of, the Cable Guy. There we go. Hey. I didn't like wanna, so many rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I was gonna, the next one was gonna be one of his most favorite things to do is get her done, and that <laughs> yeah. that absolutely so, would have given it away. <laughs> you know that he was for a long time a comic that he didn't. That persona was not him for a long time in his career. He was just yeah. regular. He was like a guy like me that just nobody gave a shit about. And then one day he was like threw on the accent and the persona, and it took off. That's okay. it. That's what I learned like throughout this because he was yeah. like hanging out with Jeff Foxworthy or whatever, and that was what like stuck. So was mm. he from the South or 
I actually don't. I don't know exactly where he's from. He, yeah, he, if he's know. not, it's that is some pretty white guy appropriation. Yeah. I'm no, really. With, oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's. I was like, dang, he really leaned into that. Yeah. yeah. Because, <laughs> no, because it. You know, throughout that, he did say he found out that he could do a really good southern accent. So if he's not from the south, then. Ooh interesting hey i'm only half offended if that's the case i'm not offended at all yeah, i could give less of a shit about right. put down your fucking confederate flag right. Right. any cultural value otherwise just shut up right. Amen. I was like that was one time it was hot and so i'm just gonna let yeah. it we were talking about that no really like that was a hot time to like appropriate american culture redneck yes. culture with all yeah. of that stuff going on oh absolutely the trucker hats cut yeah. off uh what was that a flannel yeah, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that was like his favorite. That was like his outfit. Yeah, yeah it's like a sleeveless flannel yeah. or something. Yeah. I yeah. just want you guys to understand. I lived in Florida during that era. Oh, Oof. Yeah. girl, exactly. So Ouch. Ouch. You know this too well. Yeah. <laughs> every day, that. you're yep. done. Boom. Uh. Like, uh, is it always every day? <laughs> okay. So this next comedian. This is a really obscure fact, so I'll be uh, surprised if you get it off of this. <clears throat> this comedian was born, oh, sorry. This comedian born March 7th in Portsmouth, Virginia, started her professional career as a national security agent, where she worked for five years before performing her very first stand-up in 1987. She, national security, like she worked for like the national security, like like the governmental agency? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have no idea. She's African-American and is also really great friends with Ellen DeGeneres. It's gotta be Wanda Sykes, right? It sure hey! is. Yeah. I think I knew, I don't, I think I knew that about Wanda, but I didn't want to jump in and just sound like a total racist this early. Later, I'm fine, I'm fine with that, but it's just too soon. It's too soon. Just gonna give that away. <laughs> That's so funny. Yo, that's it. I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten that with those clues. If I didn't see it in front of me, I would not have mm. gotten it. I, I tried they were friends. I tried to give like a fun fact, like something you don't know about yeah. Wanda Sykes, but then I was hoping that the date that she started or like just the dates in general would give it. Well, when you said her birthday, I was waiting yeah. for the year because as soon as you said a year, as soon as you say a year, I can suddenly uh, like narrow it down. Yeah. yeah. So I there's realize only certain now like active say years that people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 1967, I think she was born. Mm. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was gonna say, cause she is older. One of my yeah. biggest Wanda Sykes roles I remember is Monster-in-Law with J-Lo and Jane Fonda. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Who was she in there? She was like Jane Fonda's like assistant. Uh, she was just, she was just there to play like the sassy black lady essentially. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next one, are you ready? I'm ready, hit me. She's ready. <laughs> to take your man and make you laugh at the same time. Recently bald, this comedian has been known for her loud personality and converting to Judaism? She's Jewish now? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, dude. I can claim her. That's the dopest thing ever. I knew you would like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know why she's so funny. Um, that's, uh, um, uh, oh shit! I'm losing. I lost her name. I know. I, mean, I, I know exactly who she is. It's she's uh, breakout role was that movie with those girls. Um, uh, oh my god! I'm blanking out her name. She's so funny. Um, okay, her first name is like that jewelry company that comes in the blue box. 
Tiffany, I was gonna say Tiffany Hipper Thiessen. <laughs> you're close. Come on, you're so come on. Tiffany Haddish. There we go. <laughs> I was full Saved by the Bell. I've never been whiter. I think in my entire life. But going full Saved by the Bell, trying to talk about Tiffany Haddish. I'm that's, dead. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go now. I think right. that's probably the, 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 that was a great episode. Be... Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. <laughs> That was hilarious. I was like, and he knows who she is. It's right there. I could see it, like, right. get there, and then I saw it left you. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I had it. I was like, I mean, she's she's a. I I figured she'd show up too in this. I just had a sense. Did of you? She's just, she's just too big of a personality to yeah. to not think about. You know, she's just so dope. She's really well, awesome. I wanted to try to throw in there too, like, uh, what she does with kids. Kids say the darndest things. I forgot that oh. she was doing that now. Like, I love seeing her in that. I love that for her. Yeah. Could have mentioned she was in the show Fifty Central on BET. That would have been a nice drop too but you oh, didn't oh i didn't and, i don't think uh, i knew i don't think i knew that i'm sorry it's a very small part no it's he lost all all rights for people to watch his show so you did the uh, right thing okay oh. wow Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. okay all right you want to do one more tay yep <clears throat> this sometimes offensive comedian was actually born to a presbyterian family <laughs> in germany before moving to florida which he jokes is the reason he got into comedy because he thinks that Florida is flat, dumb, and hot. I mean, every person on the planet I was just that, gonna so say, that, like, <laughs> that just sums up Florida in a nutshell. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty good summation. He also has stated that he has social anxiety that extends to a fear of public speaking. He is also known for his long-standing career on Comedy Central. Is it Dave, Daniel Tosh? There yes. we go. Yeah. Ding, ding, yeah. ding. And then my last one was like, he has been in hot water many times for making misogynistic and racist Race, Yep, yep. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was going to give it away. Daniel Tosh is, uh, honestly, and I, I hate his show on Comedy Central. No offense. <laughs> Good for him. Great success. Everybody that makes it deserves it probably most of the time. It works his ass. But as a stand-up comic, he's actually so funny. Yeah. And he's a piece of shit. And he says piece of shit things. And I get why people are offended. But you're just missing the tongue-in-cheek if you are. He is right. so clever. He is so clever at how he does it. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a actually really a big fan of his stand-up, surprisingly, because yeah, I... I hated his show for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, for starting off with something kind of negative, you said so many yeah, nice things. Like, yeah, he's, he's like so, so talented, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think I feel the same way. I've never, like, I mean, when I more so listened to Daniel Tosh, I think I was too young to really understand kind of, like, how offensive, like, he was being. Mm -hmm. But right. I've always appreciated it because I did find it funny. Like, I always yeah. understood everything. No nothing ever really went over my head. I thought he was hilarious but yeah, yeah the subject matter oh my god i feel like that's the thing with comedy is that like you have to realize that it's supposed to be funny yeah. so it's like even watching that like dave Chappelle special and everyone I was, like, lost their shit about it by a lot that he said but i was like but it's not wrong and it's funny but it's also yeah. dave Chappelle. Like, like if it exactly if it came from anybody anyone, else yeah it would it, not have worked mm. but yeah it's, it's like it works for some people it's so funny how you talked about getting to know Daniel Tosh before you basically knew that you were supposed to be offended by things. No, and that really? pretty much sums up the comedy world. That's that's what we're dealing with, <laughs> is that people are taught at such a young age to be offended by everything, and that they are, and it makes comedy worse, and it's the yeah. worst. Yeah. Uh, it's to the point where I always joke that I can't wait to get canceled because that's how I know I made it. Exactly. Because that's just, th there's no options. You, you pissed you, you off enough are, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the plain white redneck or <laughs> fuck, you go Larry the Cable Guy or you go Daniel Tosh. They don't let you yeah. be anything else. It's um, kind of like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart was like America's sweetheart. And then, yeah. you know, the whole cheating scandal happened. And I was like, you guys, he's been a cheater for years. He that he right. said that in his stand-up, like yeah. many, many a times. This is the same guy we've been dealing with. 
it's, it's, it's also, you know, we have, we put celeb, I can go on about celebrity culture for a lifetime, but we put these people on such a pedestal yep. of, and we treat everybody like it's a binary. You're either yep. great or you're terrible. And this is such short sighted, yeah. uneducated thinking. Yep. And it, the fact that we let this permeate our culture and our debates yep. and our politics is insane. That's politics. why I don't I don't really believe in cancel culture anymore I hate because it. of yeah. that. It's like, you know, everybody makes mistakes. As long as you learn and grow from them, it can be what it is. But also at the yeah. same time, if you are a comedian, you know what you're doing as an artist making these jokes. Really quick, yeah. is, Lil, is Lil Wang canceled? <laughs> Um, I hope I, so. I, I don't think I got cred. I don't think they're unallowed to be the guy. If I'm like, Little Wayne is canceled, no one's going to listen like this. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justin said he's canceled, I guess. What, well, the what Jewish does he community know? is pissed. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Little Wayne, to me, I've been worried about him for a while. Right. I don't necessarily think he's somebody who I would go to for politics. You know, um, <laughs> you know, that's a good point. <laughs> he's had like his his lean abuse problem. He yeah. only made it on one episode of The Masked Singer, and like that was embarrassing. I feel like as an Is artist, he, he like rock saying he did rock music. Anyways, yeah, he only did one episode of The Masked Singer as a musical yeah. artist. I mean, that's embarrassing. And then now you're taking photos with Donald Trump after, and it's Wait. not even like it's the beginning of Donald Trump's presidency where it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll learn. Dude, you've been through this now for four years and you're still gonna sit up here and smile with this man? I mean, little Wayne, you listen to him slur his speech. He sounds like he's just like two sentences away from a full blown stroke. So oh, it's totally right. not surprising that he's into a mentally ill president, but like it's still incredibly disappointing. Thank How much- you. How much information do you need? What else? What else? What else? What else do you need? Do you need? Uh, do you need nonpartisan websites to tell you that he's lied over twenty thousand times in four years? Because there's many of them. Do you yeah. need a record of how many times he was sued before he was president? As over thirty five hundred. It's mm. a lot of. I don't think Bill Gates has been sued thirty five hundred. Like, how do you? How many black people did he have to kick out of tenements in the nineteen seventies before you like this guy might not like us very much? It just I doesn't mm. make any sense. It doesn't make a lick mm. of sense, and I. Yeah. All of those like problems. a lollipop, right? <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna that reach a little way, right? We are. We're, <laughs> we're reaching out. Come back right. to us, right. my friend. Please. <laughs> we lost him somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> but okay, one more, just because it's the very last one. Okay. Okay, okay. hit me. And then we'll move on. I got my pen. <laughs> this Aussie, excuse me. What happened to Jim Jeffries? <laughs> No, no, walking away. Right. Can't beat it. Just, mic drop. That's the one. <laughs> um, you're very wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Aussie is not afraid to be blunt or inappropriate. Once while hosting the MTV Movie Awards, she proposed that Zach Efron deliver her a kiss down under. She's an Australian stand up comedian? Not only is she a comedian, but she can sing. And though her pitch might not be perfect. Are you talking about the pitch perfect girl? She's not, she's, she's not a stand-up comic, is she? I thought she had a stand-up. Um, really? I, I think so. Oh God, now what? I'm embarrassed. No, hey, she might no. be. I mean, I could be wrong. I, she, she's not, I'm not her audience. Let's put it that way. So I don't. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh... I actually know she's done stand-up. <sighs> I'm sweating now. <laughs> 
I mean, there's a reason why I can come out the gate yelling Jim Jeffries because there's only two Australian stand-up comics. I've performed in Australia. I know all the Australian stand-ups. There's only two that any other American knows, and it's him and Hannah Gatsby, uh, if you're lucky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe she might have very briefly done. She stand-up. definitely has that personality where you could, uh, you like, she's yeah. got that overconfident stand-up, big energy. It could right. be true. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll take the, I'll take the. Oh, thank on that you. One. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> totally. It's your game. I mean, you should be pretty much calling the rules. I don't know why I am, but I'm taking it over. I know, right? It's challenging us. Is that even a stand-up? <laughs> you guys, get out of here. We should be a comedian as a, like, God. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're firmly making up the rules as we went along. We all realize that, so. I do very much remember that her hosting the MTV Movie Awards because it was yeah. very cringe. Like, yes. she didn't do a very good job, I didn't feel like. And it, Which makes me think she's not a stand-up comic. <laughs> You know? Yeah. It's a different, it's a different, listen, I've done every form of comedy. I've done it all. I've done sketch and I've done improv and I've been on front of camera. Listen, I've been on stage and musical theater. I've done every form of performing and none of it is stand up. You know, it's stand up is a very good point. It's a, it's a language. It's like speaking Spanish. And if you don't speak it regularly, you lose it like Mm. anything. And if Mm. you've never been fluent in it and then you walk on stage and you try to be funny like a Spanish speaker, that's not the metaphor is falling apart, but you get the idea. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, really, because that's kind of how I felt. Or like maybe she was just trying a little bit like too hard. It felt like it was all a little bit just too like cheesy. She was way too like, I understand vulgarity is your thing, but she was a little bit just over the top through and through the whole time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We've all, we've all seen vulgarity that works and you get why it works because it's, because it's a craft and some vulgarity for the sake of is not a craft. You know, Amy Schumer is a craft that, you know. I almost put right. her on the list. I like her. I was trying to give a mix of people, you know, like mm-hmm. Larry the Cable Guy, Wanda Sykes. I was like, give me some black comedians. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I feel like any on a normal day, we probably would have done all black comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, we were prepping. I was asking our other roommate. I was like, uh, do you know any? white women comedians <laughs> I was like why do I not know any I do want to say I can person. honestly introduce you to some brilliant like like the next wave of the best com- female comics okay. brilliant actually brilliant. yes we would love yeah. that um what is your favorite kind of comedy to mm-hmm. perform yeah stand up I think is uh you know I I like performing in any any facet um but uh stand up is just I got into stand-up when I was 30. I started real late, and it was mostly because I just wanted to become a better comedy writer. I'd been writing for Comedy Central, short-form content sketches. I was comedy writer on like a lot of like non-fiction shows. Like I was a comedy writer on an Animal Planet fishing show. You know, like these like strange <laughs> alty comedy things. And yeah. I wanted to be like late-night level writer, so I started doing stand-up just to be better. And I fell in love with it for a lot of reasons, which completely surprised me. But mostly, it's because it helped me figure out what's the f- most interesting thing for me to talk about um and it really teaches you a lot about yourself in so many ways and i so something it just it's a version of me it's the closest version of me which is why i can i can turn it on at any time and it's the most honest version of me of all the forms of comedy and i love being silly and stupid and sketch Mm. comedy and you know it's all good but i stand-up comedy is a special art form and when it lands it is the best feeling in the world i feel like uh, stand-up has to be extremely hard yeah i don't think i could ever get up in front of a I just think people. about I think about that from a performance for a performer's. Ex- wow, I'm not speaking English. Performers' 
perspective because yeah. I grew up dancing and you know like you mm. you feel feed off of like the cheers from the crowd and like you can tell when they're digging it and so it's like as a stand-up it's probably the same kind of thing like you can Big tell time. when the audience is eating yeah. it up if they laugh if like, they don't laugh yeah. I wouldn't like if they weren't laughing at my jokes I don't think I'd have the heart to continue continue right it's I'd like, be like uh, well it's been great I'm guys thrown off my game <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you learn how to bomb. Nobody, there's nobody that you you listed on that list that didn't learn how to bomb the hard yeah. way. You have to. You have to yeah. learn. It's part of the process, man. It's uh, it's interesting. It's it is. It's exactly like performing as in part of a dance troupe. Only you're you're the soundtrack. You're all of the dancers. You're every aspect of the mm. entertainment. You're every beat and every moment. And the silence is yours to deal with. And you can use silence. And you can also fear silence, and those are two very different approaches. Um, but you have to get used to it. Either yeah. way, whatever your thing is, you know, it's um, it's a rhythm. Like like the 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 TikTok videos, the the uh, the roast jokes. Like I I put those together more about rhythm than I did about individual jokes because mm. it's all about rhythm and pacing. I mean, when you make a TV show, it's all about rhythm and pacing. Like you can only, you can only hit so many punchlines so fast before it's a laughter fatigue or a mental fatigue so that's you know, we call it peaks and valleys and storytelling where like you can't keep punching the the hottest moment right. the most exciting moment until you get bored you got to kind of bring it down to bring it back up and you can only get bigger by bringing it down first it's that roller coaster effect so Man. um it's uh in the stand-up in the way you build a set the way you try to build laughter you know you try to build on momentum so this summer performing new york city just it was all outdoor shows it was in parks and it was in backyards and it was fun but it is a when, this, when you don't have a low ceiling and tables mm -hmm. smashed together, it's it's an, it's not the same art form because yeah. you can't build the same momentum. And it was right. great to get back out there, but it, it's very it's very different than the, yeah. the classic club experience. You can't you can't replace that. At least you're using it so you don't lose it. Indeed. Um, I'm gonna so crush it at the MTV Movie Awards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so let's just continue this conversation of, you know, your life as a comedian and as well as in the entertainment industry. We've kind of been asking this question to anybody that comes on the show because it's what's happening to us right in this very moment. But like, how has COVID-19 or how have you seen COVID-19 affect the entertainment industry at large? And like, how has it affected you specifically? Personally, yeah. I mean, it's tremendously across the board. You know, when this happened, I was the I was the I was the co-executive producer of a Netflix international travel show when COVID hit, and I literally circumnavigated the globe at the beginning of 2020, chasing COVID around the world by accident. I was in Asia in January, Europe in February, back in North America in March before we finally pulled the plug. So it was just I've been wearing masks since January. I've been acutely aware of this thing for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've also always had two full-time jobs. It's always been TV and stand-up. I ran my own production company on the side while I also was a gig, uh, you know, producer for hire. And Do you sleep? Not, a, not enough. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I, I just, uh, my friends don't uh, exist. Um, <laughs> that's how you do it. But this is the first time, I mean, COVID, like we, you know, shut down the travel. You know, I still, I still can't direct House Centers International because no country will let us in. Um, so, so it shut down a huge part of my career still to this day. Um, it also shut down both of my careers at the same time, which is something that hasn't happened to me in 10 years. So right. it was a very interesting transition um, to suddenly having all the free time in the world um, in a pandemic, right. in a 500 square foot apartment, in <laughs> the hot spot of a, you know, and being jet lagged for four months trying to recover from this show. Um, right. So about that show, so like you were in Asia when all of this started to kind of pop off. And I know like we, um, 
in your kind of like in your bio you kind of said that you kind of saw how we were going to botch it like what yep. were you seeing and like how did you know i mean yeah already, we kind of knew when we weren't taking it seriously in january yeah. i mean but having trump as our president i knew we start. weren't going to do well <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but i mean even if you replaced if we had real leadership it would have been a completely different story and we wouldn't have two hundred thirty thousand people dead i think we would still would have struggled because americans are still americans mm -hmm, what i right. saw working so well is countries like south korea they know how to perform for the common good like they know they understand they're willing to be locked down they're willing to listen to their government lead and tell them what they should and shouldn't do because they understand it's for the greater good than themselves and in america right. we're this individualistic yeah. american dream selfish selfish cowboy selfish. culture and uh we don't have the ability to think about people other than ourselves, ourselves. Yeah, it's a very, it's a cultural thing. I think reality TV has enhanced it, but it's existed long before yeah. then. It, I really do think it's cowboy culture. I really, I, it's, you know, it's this individualism. It's, it's why America was such an isolationist country before their world wars is because we were mm. like, Let's, we don't need anybody else. Mm. We can do whatever the hell we want. That was down to the individual. And so, uh, I mean, when Trump, when, when, when COVID took off in America and they shut down, they, you know, they would do these governor's calls where the governors would call the, with the White House to do calls with the White House all the governors around the country and asking what they should do. And the White House's messaging was, uh, we're gonna take a step back and let the states handle it. I remember that. <laughs> no, literally, I remember that. And then you also, literally- it's China's fault. But then you also yeah, saw, yeah. <laughs> you could like, because of that happening, you saw which states it was working and versus yeah. the states that didn't do anything and all that yeah. stuff. And then yeah. it was so easy for him to place the blame, you know? Yep. Well, I don't have anything to do with this. It's the governor's fault. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's Anyways, it's a tremendous sorry. lack of, no, it's no, it's like amazing. Like it really like, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers, but you know, during World War II, I think, you know, we, the rate at which we churned out things like, like warships, like boats um, and planes, I think the fastest uh, boat ever produced was like three days. And we were making them like every, like two a day during World War II. Like we're probably not boats, it's probably planes. And I actually yeah. have this, I literally wrote this down somewhere because I didn't want to lose it. And I'll find it at some point during this conversation and correct myself. But like we, when we have the ability and the leadership, we are able to do things that have never been of done course. before. Oh yeah. And, right. and that's just that, that's the American spirit that everybody likes to invoke. Uh, but when you have no leadership, you do nothing. Yeah, um, right. And you know, we're going to need uh, my whole thing about Biden in the primaries. You know, he was, I like Biden. I don't think he's a bad dude, but he's passed his, prime in so Absolutely. many ways amen uh-huh mm -hmm. but he what, he's a good guy and he, he listens to other people which is the most important thing but even when he kind of took over and kind of was clearly running away with the primary and he was the, he was the least progressive guy on that stage despite the fact that he now has the most progressive presidential uh campaign of any <laughs> right. one in the history of america <laughs> right. so like it's not like it's nothing but um the reality is we're going to need a 1929 great depression style new deal at some point in the next couple of years because we are going to keep tanking as a country people are going to keep dying and he's the kind of person that will acknowledge that and hopefully yeah. do something about it and without that we're doomed and that's the big and, thing that nobody's thinking about no, no i absolutely. Uh, completely agree with you I, I i don't think that biden was like my first choice when you know he entered into the uh election race or whatever or yeah run for president and obama didn't um, immediately I endorse Bernie him and i was kind of looking at elizabeth warren because you know my own self-interest i wanted to get rid of my student debt we were talking <laughs> yeah about uh, that. she's dope <laughs> you know? i mean you're right you're you know? right <laughs> and so but i i knew the reality that 
you know, Bernie was never going to become president because he's too socialist for Republicans and we needed Republicans to come to blue side to even get Trump out. And I was like, well, the only person on this docket that can do it is Biden. Mm. And that's Biden, yeah. that's what I knew. And and I think that that's what a lot of people really need to realize is that yeah. this is this is politics. Yeah. It's not about who you like. It's about our country. And again, like yeah. you said, we're all individualistic. Like a lot of people don't want to like uh, um in the black community a lot of black people don't want to vote for biden because he's racist or he's uh, supported racist bills in the past and i'm like right. one people evolve and change and two yeah. trump is no better and three again it's politics and right now in our country as a whole is a whole mess and you have mm. to think outside of the black community just for like 0.5 seconds so that hopefully we get somebody in here who's willing to listen to the issues that we are trying yeah. to fight for. Also, Biden's going to live for another four <laughs> to six weeks. And then you got Kamala behind him and you got a black right. woman running the country. <laughs> right. How dope is that? Like, what yeah. else do you need? Yeah. I, I mean, he's love, giving you everything he can. I just I just love that everybody else says it. I, I hinted at it <laughs> I know. a few episodes ago I know. and I, like, I don't want to wish death on him. But I don't either. Of course if he not. dies, of course not. Yeah, if right. something happens, anything yeah. can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We By the way, uh, it was it took five days to build a ship, is what it was during World five War Two. Five days, Jeez. and then we made when... it. We got up to two ships a day. That's how much we. Wow. That's how much we reshaped the mm. industry of shipbuilding for that's the sake crazy. of this war. Um, we could have had PPE, PPE day one if we had leadership. He could have done so many yeah. things, and so many people wouldn't have died out the gate. So many people would have been infected. So, uh, anyways, um, I think as we digress. No, like, yeah. <laughs> a question in general about like the fact that we're gonna have to do something to really supercharge our economy again and like there's gonna have to be some like like jobs created and yep. Trump doesn't take climate change or anything in that realm like seriously and mm. every time you know Biden talks about it it's like all these jobs that it's gonna create and that's yep. where I'm, I'm like yeah guys because I'm just kind of wondering like we're it's never going to be the same for us no no. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking, like, where are we going to put all these people that are in the service industry, or like, how is that going to change? Like, where are people, where are people going to have jobs? I've got a couple. If we don't create some. I and... have a couple ideas on how we could like jumpstart some things. Well, keep it Hit to me. yourself because we're gonna we're running for president when we're old. <laughs> <laughs> Save it. But I no, these are like immediate changes that are like already exist. <laughs> okay. Legalizing weed on a national level. Woo, Top woo, number one. And 100%. prostitution. Yep. Sex work. Oldest profession on earth. Um, I mean, no, it's for that's, real. Sex, 100%. In other countries, there are ways that they do it, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's very, it's an organized uh, business kind of thing, you know? It's, yeah, it's, I don't just, I don't, yeah, none of that. I just kind of like. It, those are just two to be... that were immediately top of mind, quick fixes that'll generate yeah, those lots are... of jobs and money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're really, we're by just pushing everyone into OnlyFans, we're already basically legalizing it. So, yeah, I mean, that's literally, I mean, I was, such an obvious joke when all this started and then it paid off so dramatically. It's, Seriously. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. Listen, I'm literally interviewing people uh, that are experts on the history of work and the future of work for this project I'm, I'm making really? right now. And um, literally spoke to like a postdoctorate who's like worked in call centers for six months to understand the call center culture and is working with like the gig economy. You know, these are big, I'm like literally speaking to some of the smartest people on the planet about this stuff, universal basic income and all these things. And, the reality of the world and the reality of history is that things always change. You know, that's mm -hmm. the problem between 
liberal thinking and conservative thinking is that conservatives believe that the rules have been written, that we're done, that we have the Ten Commandments, stop changing shit, we got it, we're ready to move on mm -hmm. and live our lives. In the world, you are always on the wrong side of history when that's how you think. Mm -hmm. A liberal thinker, by definition, doesn't understand. They accept that they don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And they need to balance each other out because if you just keep trying to be progressive all the time, you're going to exhaust people with all the pronouns you invent. But right. the thing is, you need a balance. <laughs> but you, we will always keep progressing. That's literally the definition of humanity is Who progress. Wants, wait, we don't want to stay where we're Yeah, same. nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> white people on farms do i mean that's the thing it's like you know and it's not even like that they're bad people yeah. it's not even that it's political being a conservative-minded thinker is a way that people think and right. whether or not you're politically oriented it's a thing and the the reality is that if you think that way you're eventually going to be wrong and, and those, are, right. those are the people who i worry about because there's like those are the ones that like their fear change and yeah they love to keep things you know old-fashioned or like you know yeah. that's that those are the ones that look down upon i feel like most to it be honest because it's like a fear of like becoming obsolete or yeah. Like, yeah. You know. it's called cognitive dissonance it's uh cog cognitive dissonance is this idea that you can't have more than one idea in your head so, so having a duality of opinions in your own mind which is that i believe that the ten commandments are the only rules we ever need or the constitution should never change despite the fact that we created a process called amendments to change the constitution right uh right. you know but and then the other side is like well we need to change things because you know women aren't giving birth in farm sheds in hay anymore and right. maybe there should be different laws in the way you know like these are two we don't have some people you have right you have you it's, it's an education thing at the end of the day like you have to learn how to think with with multiple ideas in their head at once these people don't and then they get defensive because mm. they have this dissonance they think anything else couldn't possibly exist that yeah. contradicts what they believe and it's scary and the republicans have spent 40 years defunding education in this country so that people are dumber and easier to manipulate and here we go and look at look at where it got us yeah <laughs> case and <in> point <laughs> <laughs> So now that we've kind of gotten on like a political uh, <laughs> tangent, oh, yeah, I, I love this. Supposed to be funny? I forget. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you had some good, some good ones in there. Um, I did want to ask you, like, what has been your favorite project to work on in your career? If that's too broad of a question, then in like the last year, what's been your mm -hmm. favorite project? Um, I can't. Uh, that's such a hard question to answer um i mean 50 central was one of my favorite shows i ever worked on just because it was an impossible schedule and it was an but everything was it was sketch comedy it was a great team it was great writers it was um everything about it was just like a, a showrunner this guy named ian gelfand is such a good dude to work with and he's brilliant comedically and um so everything about it was like uh exceptionally fun and it was there was never a moment where i was overworked in a way where i wasn't excited about it i just right. you know comedy is my that's my first language it's it's the thing that feels the least amount like work but mm -hmm. um that's a close that's probably that used to be my answer um uh, travel shows are often pros and cons but this and getting to see the world and yeah. getting paid for it I mean, my whole mantra in life is either make people laugh or teach them about the world those are the only things i really want to do mm. with myself and so any opportunity about that is a dream um but the project i'm doing right now which i've I, I can't tell you everything about because uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's like a big <laughs> streaming platform project about basically trying to understand aspects of the future. And uh, it's the most exciting thing I've probably ever worked on. Oh, that's um, really cool. Just intellectually. And it also could be the fact that I've been stuck in the same stupid four walls for so long yeah. that any ideas that aren't written on the wall on my dry erase board are great comparatively. But honestly, I think it's it's been a really reinforcing project in terms of 
um, trying to understand where we're going, what my existing ideas are. And it's just been incredibly educational. And I think it'll be a, a really spectacular project. I can't wait to be able to tell people yeah. actually what it's about. <laughs> I know, we'll be looking forward to Thank it. Thank you for answering that because that, that was actually a question as well. I was like, do you have any projects that you can tell us about? But <laughs> without giving anything away, that's really cool. No. And I, and I love that you said also that like, um, it was not Comedy Central, it was 50 Central. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The show's um, called Fifty Central. You know, yeah. You you worked a lot, but you never got tired of it. Mm -hmm. um, it was just yeah. so much fun. I I feel like that's one thing that a lot of people are missing in their day to day, their nine to five. I personally, speaking for myself, feel that way at times. And um, it's just kind of like when when am I gonna find that thing that like yeah. I can just yeah. do this and I'm not tired of it because I love it so much. Um, I know I feel that way often with the podcast. Absolutely. That's but when great. you work a full time job, also it's like. Mm, not so Dude, much. And I'm a freelancer, so it's the same vibe, which is that mm -hmm. I can do this maybe for four months, six months, nine months, but some, eventually that job ends and you go on to something else and there's an abusive yeah. boss and a garbage team and a bad mm -hmm. idea and you get stuck. I mean, I made a sketch show for True TV called Almost Genius in 2016. Mm -hmm, I got right. to direct all these sketches with an incredible cast, people that went on to be on Broadway and really good comics and, uh, and <laughs> brilliant, brilliant cast, great writers terrible show one of the worst mm. shows i think the current imdb rating is 1.2 stars that's out of 10. Aww. i mean really just not a good <laughs> we did not make a great show but it was so fun to make and it was just yeah. you know a network that didn't know what they wanted and, and an idea that didn't come to fruition but we made some okay stuff but for the most part it was terrible and still so much fun to make because it was that language it was getting yeah, to right. talk in my terms and execute on these things at that kind of a high level of doing the thing that i love and it's hard to walk away from that, but it's, it's so exciting to know that it can come back. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, that was great. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, I was like keep going, wanna... keep going. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't. Uh, I will talk too much. Uh, so feel uh, free to oh, interrupt Oh, I me. understand that. I was trying to give her, I was trying to pass the, uh, not the baton, the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would track mind it there just for a second. Um, so with House Hunters International, so like earlier you said that you travel a lot. Um, and so with House Hunters International, were you traveling for like each episode or do you do like travel in order to research or um, how does that work out? It's um, most TV shows, you got to think of it like a factory. That's how most TV shows are made. There's an assembly line. There's the pre-production, production and post-production. And House Hunters is a quintessential factory where there's a pre-producing team that does the casting and they do the initial research and they kind of get the backstory of who these people are and what the houses are going to be that you're going to look at and kind of prep all that stuff. And then I uh, am the director that they hand that to pretty much the day before I get on a plane. And then I get on a plane and I land and I meet the people for the first time and I talk to them about the process. And then we spend five days shooting the show. And then I go home, I write up a lot of notes and I hand those to the post-production team and they take my notes, they take that footage and they edit the show together. Okay, um, okay. So you're not like... So international for like months at a time no so the netflix show i was doing before covid was an exception to the rule because typically you don't most shows don't do that unless they're really more immersive documentary shows but if it's a travel okay. show you go out and you come back um every now and then you do two at once so like in house centers i i went to lisbon and um uh, uh the south of italy um i did these two different episodes back to back because i was already in europe so um, but it's usually not much more than that for a traditional travel show. For the Netflix show, we were supposed to spend eight months pretty much straight on the road. Wow. 
wow. it was going wow. to be insane and so in some ways covid did me a favor because i needed a nap <laughs> right right <laughs> traveling is fun but like also if you've done it for a while like just playing to playing to playing or different modes it's like i'm over this well, you just like you're a yeah. nomad you know you're like where's home you know? yeah you want you your miss, bed you get homesick i'm sure you want i kind of i mean I, I, i've traveled my whole adult life so i i love living out of suitcases like i actually i don't <laughs> hate it i love hotels i love airbnbs um i mean this was literally a show about the coolest airbnbs in the world so we were literally filming at like twenty thousand dollar a night chalets and japan oh. you know hostels in bali we were on a private island in the bahamas when covid became like a national emergency oh in America. my god you know, so, so like there was just like there was some juxtaposition of the world and where yeah. we were that was just so spectacularly ridiculous yeah. um but at, at the same time it's also when you change time zones every three days you don't know who you are anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, what day is it what today? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Did that's, I eat? That's so interesting because I really love to travel. Like, I love mm. traveling. If I could just be nowhere, <laughs> like, I don't have a home base, that would be amazing. Um, but I always am upset because I don't know how to pack. And I don't like being in the airport. <laughs> I don't like being in the airport. I don't like that whole part of it. I'm like, I just want to be in my destination, enjoying myself. Dude, right. Do you want me to hack this shit for you? Because I can, <laughs> yes. I can change your goddamn life. Um, put us on game <laughs> yeah 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 um step one amex platinum card there's multiple credit cards that do this they're like 400 bucks a year but you get free lounge access to any international airport mm -hmm. so suddenly when you can go to a lounge at an airport with wi-fi that's going to guarantee to work and free it snacks and drinks and coffee everything. and beer changes everything um you can bring guests on them too and the number two is packing squares um, I just finally got into them after all these years, but there's literally these, I can get them and show them to you. They're literally like different size squares that you can like, you put your clothes in. Hold on, we're doing it. We're going oh, full yeah. pack. I know, I'm like, I need a visual. Yes. You, like, vacuum pack. So oh. it's not even, you can vacuum pack, but you don't even have to. They have, you can get different colors, different sizes. Mm -hmm. I full on labeled it because I'm a producing nerd, but like I'll <laughs> label my thing. So like socks, underwear. So when I'm showing up after traveling nonstop, I can flip open the suitcase and then there's like it's six like... bags to grab from and you can figure out where stuff is. Yeah. You can prep a whole outfit, put it in a bag, then you just pull that out, throw it in your backpack. It's game changer packing squares like yes i already noted it because here's the thing i <laughs> always end up just like going there it's a little bit more organized than coming back and then it's like how do i not have space where do i where mm -hmm. did i like, i lost my shoes somehow no. like, yep. i am the worst because i never know how i'm gonna feel once i get there so i pack like two outfits for every day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I only wear like three things. The I'm last. Like, why did you bring all of this? This last time that Shantae left, she had to like take some stuff out of her bag. Yes. <laughs> because my, it was too heavy. My bag was 20 pounds over. 20. She was like, Jesus. yeah, we can't even like do this as That's an That's a overweight. small child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have another bag to put this stuff in. So like I stuffed it all in my backpack. I was going through the airport with like three to four bags on me. Mm -hmm. and like had to like have those under my seat and i was like i don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> like... you get better at it so i had to pack what did i pack for a friend of mine just like booked a hotel in new york the other day we we're just mm -hmm. like let's get the hell out of our apartments it was no, like for sure. 70 dollars absolutely and it was awesome and it's the best thing you can do to break up the craziness of mm -hmm. covid in my opinion um because it's not that expensive but i packed like a whole suitcase because we wanted to bring tons of like stuff and toys and 
we brought like all these onesies and costumes and just we were just so silly and dumb. Um, but I couldn't remember how to pack. It was one night, and I was like, I've done this in six months, and I don't know what I'm doing. I brought so much stuff. I did exactly what you did. I literally had a baby in that bag, and I don't know. I don't know how that got there. I mean, it was just insane. One night, I don't know what I'm gonna want to wear. Let me put five things in here. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you don't forget it, anything. Half was, of my luggage ends up being socks and underwear. Yep. I know. <laughs> Always. You know, I've you know when you have to travel for eight months, it's also a different conversation too because you end oh, up yeah. um, figuring out what are the bare essentials. You really have to, and in, yeah. in, a, in a way, it's great. Yeah. Like I found these yoga pants at Lululemon that look like nice regular pants because I was sick of wearing sweatpants like a hobo on an airplane, and it was gonna be working. <laughs> so I bought these pants, and they were so good. I bought a second pair of them while I was on the road, and that's all I wore pretty much. Nice. I've heard months. great things about Lululemon pants because they Everybody. can they can look like regular pants. Yeah, really, dude. I'm still I have not put on jeans in eight months, <laughs> ten months. I mean, I why would I? I'm in, I'm in COVID, but quarantine, but uh, game changer. So you find stuff like that, and suddenly you're not packing six pairs of jeans because you don't know what color you're gonna wear. Or you have one pair of pants, right? And then you bring like a backup something, and then you have only two colors to match it to, and all of a sudden you pack a lot less. Mm. Right. Amen to that. Um, I went to Atlanta not too long ago probably about a month ago now and i was there for a month and i just packed so much because i didn't know what the weather was gonna be like yeah. it's like i knew i was like i'm gonna be there into october i was like it's cold here in october so i started packing some like winter stuff yeah. <laughs> it was 80 degrees up <laughs> like the whole time like, oh my gosh there was like maybe two days where it was cold and i needed a coat and like i ended up going to buy a coat because i didn't bring a coat <laughs> but like i brought sweaters and so i was like if it, it if it does get code all i'll need is a sweater but it was like too hot for a sweater but chilly enough for like a light coat and i was like i can't layers layers thinking layers it's the only way to do it you literally i'll bring seven i i was in a hill station in india like 10 years ago and it was india you don't pack for snow in india but i ended up in this place that was like in the himalayas pretty much and it was freezing and i had I had tank tops and a t-shirt and then a long sleeve shirt and then a second long sleeve shirt and then a hoodie and then the one light jacket that I wore on the plane when I flew to and from that I never thought I would wear again and I had <laughs> like, I just put on literally everything I had yeah, to survive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how you have to think every time otherwise you're going to end up aborting I'm half of your right, belongings. And, right. Unprepared. <laughs> yeah. uh, last question before we kind of run into our I was going to bring up the TikTok yeah, roast. Right, yeah, right. I was we're like, we, we need to talk about that because yeah. we're like going through and we're listening and I'm just finding myself cracking up yes. at some of the shit. Like <laughs> the Arkansas had me dead. Oregon. Um, <laughs> you did the Alaska one. Oh my God. I was like, okay, so he's just counting down. And then, <laughs> and then he went on. I was like, oh, oh, it got worse. Oh my God. <laughs> I also loved how informational some yes, of them like, other thing Virginia and West Virginia Alaska's I was like I didn't know they paid people to live here they do yeah I saw something I saw something about that not too long ago where it was like I don't I don't know what exactly the agreement was but there was something about like you know they'll pay you twenty thousand dollars for like the year or something if you like move out there or it was something of like a monthly of, of like a monthly amount to live in i think it's i think it's yeah i think it's less than that but it's a stipend because they have so much oil that they're ripping out of the ground that you use that money to give it back to the people it's that you know frontiersman idea it's like if you're gonna live on the land and we're gonna keep ripping out the land you can have a piece of it pretty much it's uh kind of cool you know uh, also also more men than women so um you guys there's something going on up there that's um, all i'm saying mm. 
They all have beards, like real beards. But if you can get past that, and then probably the smell. Wait, 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 uh, wait, wait. The women have beards? Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Sarah Palin, she just combs uh... it back. She even shows either the tuck under or the... You know, um, uh, in the last job that I worked, actually, a lot of the people that worked there were from Alaska. Really? They are weird. Mm. They are not, and I don't want to say they're not normal because what is normal? Right. Like you can absolutely 100%. Oh, that makes sense. Once I found yeah. out, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, That's you are funny. from Alaska because why else would you be <laughs> the way God. that you are? I was just talking yeah. about what's the real estate looking like out there. I could use a monthly I them For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's um, first of all, you guys just complimented pretty much everything that I love about the series. So we're gonna be friends forever. I hope you know that. Um, because that's like literally those are the most fun things for me, which was like my Illinois joke, which was like this long rant about the history of Lincoln becoming an abolitionist and losing yes, the, the white guilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the one um, I was like brushing my teeth and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes. So um, did you like, did you just know these facts beforehand or did you make sure that you were like, okay, I found some fun facts. Let me make this shit hilarious and then do it. So I, it was really just, I wanted a writing exercise. You know, mm. TikTok was really great for me during quarantine because I, I'm not good at just making something off the cuff and throwing it online because mm -hmm. I'm a, I do this professionally. So I have all these like stupid perfectionist standards that I get mm -hmm. obsessed with and then I don't finish things. And it's really the worst thing you can do as a creative. Is, is be a perfectionist because all it is is self-censoring and so TikTok became a really good outlet that I use specifically for that exact purpose which is enough Justin get the fuck out of your way <laughs> this podcast and just put stuff out there yeah and so I started throwing old stand-up jokes up there that I would repurpose for TikTok and, and then eventually I just wanted I just, I just my brain was melting and I wanted to write something so I sat down and I wrote like maybe 15 roast jokes or 15 states and then I figured out what are the what five maybe plugged together fit together what's the rhythm what's the different regions I kind of found my first favorite five and I put it up and it did pretty well so I was like okay well I've already read some other ones so maybe I'll put together a part two mm -hmm. I didn't even know if I was going to finish it it wasn't it was just kind of like let's just try something yeah yeah and then right. once I got into it I was like well as soon as I did two parts I was like well, now I gotta finish this thing right thing. um <laughs> and that's when it started to change so part three is the first time where you start to see a rhythm of like more like is when I started to call back the states like I did the Kansas joke where um Kansas sucks so much Kansas City is in Missouri um, <laughs> and, and the Missouri joke was uh um Missouri uh, I don't remember what it was it was making fun of Kansas um it was yeah. um uh, it was a uh, Missouri, where the famous expression is, we're not in Kansas anymore. We can tell because these people know how to read. read. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I was shooting on Kansas. Okay. Work. Arkansas. <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you about the one where I think it was like Wyoming, that the Idaho of Montana or something, right. or right. is that right, what right, it was? Right. What? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but like, it made sense though. Like it works. It <laughs> I don't understand why that's funny. I, I debated that one for a long time. No, but it, it's like, I get it though, because it's yeah. all right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a bunch of those and I was going to do a series of them until they started to make more sense. And mm. then that got, that for me, it got confusing. So I was like, nobody's ever going to follow what's happening. And I was <laughs> Just using that one, but yeah, they got more. It got harder as I went along because it's one thing when you have fifty different premises where you can fifty different places that you can try to right. write jokes about. Mm -hmm. But I got rid of all the ones that I like that were easy real fast. And suddenly <laughs> I was like, well, I got to fucking learn about Mississippi now. I'm gonna call it the football and the groin of states and move on. <laughs> you know, I was like, sometimes I bailed out. And yeah, and again, yeah. That, like that joke happened solely because I had like 
a couple jokes that had some sort of structure to them and I needed something quick and silly. I needed right. to like let the air out because mm -hmm. I was like building tension to punchline, building tension to punchline. Let's just fuck, wipe the slate clean and then we can go back to something more serious. So pacing like any, that was just a huge part of that series as I went along um, because it mattered. It made the jokes funnier and I thought the pacing sometimes was funnier than some of the actual jokes. Yeah. Connecticut, where white people go to die. <laughs> <laughs> California, where vegans go to die. <laughs> Just, yes. Um, did you do one for Kentucky? Yes. yes. You did? did? I but missed it. We watched it. That was the, okay, which one was the Kentucky one? So Kentucky doesn't, I didn't actually make fun of Kentucky, which is a shame because fuck you, Mitch McConnell, but. <laughs> right! Um, Can you do right? a Kentucky roast? <laughs> yes, I could. I, so I started taking requests after I did the series. So people were like, roast California and folks. I only did that one line. So I did Yo. like a whole one on California, a whole one on. We watched on that Texas. one. Yeah, I like that one. Can you roast Kentucky in full? And then I will share it. Okay, I'm from Kentucky. Yep. So Loki, it's oh, terrible that yeah, I'm asking yeah. you to roast my state. But. <laughs> Oh man! Because of Mitch McConnell, please roast yep. him and Daniel Cameron. And I was, you know, right? I was like the whole state. Breonna Taylor, the Daniel Cameron yeah. thing. Woo wee! You know, we've got great basketball, but. Um, <laughs> but and no, horses. I, I'm I'm glad that you did that, and I would love to see you do other like roasts similar to that, just because it really is like um we were it came up to us it came up for us right around the time that like we were getting really into the thick of like all this voting and politics mm. and election stuff and um it was just funny it was a great kind of like it was related to it but enough to get us kind of like distracted and still laugh and poke fun at it and not be upset about anything you know like yeah. not take anything too personal and have you considered a roast of all of the presidents uh i haven't that's a great idea um i like that because so the next thing i started to do was i was i started to do a series called roasting every country on earth um yes we were watching the the uh the very first one where you went on in and on the uk and i was like that's oh, yeah. exactly how i feel i don't know what's in the uk and what's not. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry so i've had that stupid conversation with so many people i had no yeah. idea that one, i almost wrote that pretty much on the spot when i was shooting it because i was like trying to think like how do i punch this up i had a couple ideas and then I was just like, why am I trying to beat around this thing I don't know when the whole point is fuck you, make yeah. it clear or you're the problem. Um, so yeah, and that's and that's what I, I love this. The series was so fun to do because I don't travel around the US. If I travel, mm. I try to leave the country. I'm 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 inspired uh, by culture shock. And yeah, yeah. so I, I just ignore it a lot. And, and it reminded me how super unbelievably interesting and diverse. Like West Virginia, I shit all over that place. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I really want to go there now. I desperately want to go to West Virginia because I read so much about it to figure out what the hell is in West Virginia besides coal. <laughs> the tourism. I didn't know that it was like known for tourism at all. I didn't know that either. I'm like, How, it, well, it's not known for tourism. It just happens to be the largest economy, which tells you everything you need to know about West Virginia. <laughs> but like, that's how deep I had to get to find anything interesting about West Virginia. <laughs> It was crazy, but it was so, it was, it was really, really interesting. And like, I've, you know, like I said, I want to teach people about the world or make them laugh. And if I can put those two things together, man, it's, it was fun. Absolutely. So I appreciate you guys liking it. It was, I had a great time making it. No, thank you. Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Do we want to ask another question? I say, let's go ahead and we'll get into our predictions. <laughs> we need to talk about what we all think is going to happen on Tuesday. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah. That's gonna yeah, be taco and tequila. No, it's actually, <laughs> it's tequila, then tacos Tuesday. I love that. Fuck the tacos, man. We need tacos. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, 
let's get into it. And I and yep. I want to. So we're gonna give our predictions as to who we think is going to win, and then also a little information as to why we think. Yep. You know. And then we'll yep. touch. And then we'll all talk about what the hell is gonna ensue afterwards. Yep. We'll each give our own. So. Cool. Should I kick it off? <laughs> I'll, I want to kick off. Okay, yeah, um, let's start yeah. with some positivity. Cause... Well, yeah, because so the one thing about me is that I am always optimistic, and it. it's crazy because even throughout this this time, I've been cautious with my optimism, mm. and that is just so not me. And I think it's only because of just like the crazy year that we've had. I, I'm I'm in that space of where anything could really happen. And yeah. I really don't want to get my hopes up or get my heart up if nothing's going to happen. <laughs> but now, <laughs> the last couple weeks, things have taken a turn. And I am I really am feeling a change is coming. And I really do think that Biden and Harris will win come Tuesday. Um, well, here's the thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to say we'll win come Tuesday because I feel like it's going to be a few. It's going to be a couple days before right. we really actually clearly no but yeah. i'm really believing in biden going to be a winner by by far almost to the point of where it's kind of like there's just no con no contest mm -hmm. that's that's how i feel i feel like america's had a wake-up call i think we are in this place where we're realizing that we do not want to get back to where we've been mm -hmm. um and I do feel like our youth is waking up mm -hmm. and our youth yep. is becoming more educated, which is unheard of in, yep. in just my experience. You know, the younger, the younger ones are the ones that are least likely to vote. And I really feel mm -hmm. like we've found our voices and we found our passion. That's the Gen Z's, you know, millennials, yep. all that. Um, so that's why I'm optimistic in this change. And I'm and understanding that, yeah, Biden might not be the best Democratic candidate, but he is who we who our country needs right now right now yeah well said that's that's my gonna, optimistic answer yeah I'm let justin go next i'll i'll follow um my answer uh is you know i we, you I, i'm with you we're all with you nobody wants to make a prediction because we're all too scared to yeah. be wrong or to get any hopes up you know it's really hard i, I you know it's hard to engage in this in any way without feeling just an emotional dread yeah um i mean listen do we trust polling like we did in 2016? That's the first question. And I, and a lot of people will tell you that polling people, they fixed it. You know, they figured out what their problem was and they're gonna, their, their assessments are gonna be stronger than they were in 2016. Is that true? We're gonna find out very soon. Yeah. Um, but you are right, we're trending in the right direction. You know, Texas, more people voted early in Texas four days before the actual election, five days before the actual, and they're still voting. They voted yeah. overnight in one yeah. county. I mean, and that always trends Democrat. All the, they can't tell you, nobody's counting votes, but they can tell you what party they voted for and whether or not they're a first time voter or a regular voter. Mm. And if you look at all the metrics, you know, Democrats are far, far, we don't know who they're voting for, but they are far out voting Republicans. And the flip side is that Republicans show up day up. And that's, that's, they always show up day up. They're and older, that's the scary more, part. I know. So like we don't. So it's hard to know. I know. Yeah, because day of, all of a sudden, whoop. So like, but part of the question is, if you're a regular Republican voter and you still show up day of, sure, but they were going to vote anyways. The question is, are new people coming out for the Republicans, mm -hmm. and wouldn't they have voted early? Because why would they go with the traditional day when they're not traditional voters? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of a lot going on. My my buddy's a mayor of a of a suburban town in Pennsylvania. He's a you know he won a couple of years ago over like a 20 year incumbent. He's my brother, he's an immigrant. He's uh, he's wow. born in Israel, he's this liberal. Is, 
Oh, you know, just my buddy, the mayor, who beat all of these unheard of odds. Okay. <laughs> but, he, okay. But, but he won because of suburban women, because, you know, he and that, yes. that and he saw that, too. That's how we won back the House in 2018. And suburban mm. women are such a key to this election, and they are not fucking happy. And why should they be? <laughs> like, they're the ones that actually deal with so much of the nonsense garbage, the schooling from home, yeah. the fears. They're the ones that take care of the kids more often yeah. than not. So, like, and they don't, they don't, they're, they're, they're fed up. And he, so he's like certain that Biden's going to win. And uh, he also sent me some, you know, this polling information about five, like something like 20, 25 congress congressional races around the country that were like the ones in play, you know, essentially some of the more contested elections. Mm. And he, and, and it, it listed, Sorry, this is a long answer, but this is no, the this only is way awesome. I can intellectually engage. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it listed where, uh, what, you know, where they it was like three percent Republican or ten percent Democrat in twenty sixteen. How they actually voted? So it was actually how they voted, Democrat or Republican, by how many points in twenty sixteen, and then it showed where the polling is now, and it was something like twenty two out of twenty five districts mm, were trending wow. more Democratic than than they were four years ago. So if you look at that stuff, which is local polling, which is often more accurate because it's mm -hmm. not national, mm -hmm. it's, it's a right. smaller sample size for a smaller community, right. larger sample size for the community, yeah. um, that, pose, that bodes well for Biden and Kamala. So I do think they win the vote, but I don't think that matters. The problem is that the Republican like Party Carl. has done everything you can humanly possibly do in public, in the plain daylight to try to stop to suppress votes mm -hmm. prevent people from voting they're mm -hmm. suing the shit out of so many swing states already to try to prevent votes from being counted so 125,000 votes in texas that got they i don't know it was curbside voting i don't even know what that means it doesn't matter they voted and they're trying to take those votes away and make sure they don't count they're going to do everything they can to steal this election and it's happened oh. already mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. the past, 20 years yeah. ago, and that was before we had a we had a stacked Supreme Court and a completely mm. corrupt president who knows he's going to prison if he gets kicked out of that White House. Absolutely. Have you seen that uh, special or documentary called Dirty Mo Dark Money or something like that? I don't think I have. They they talk literally just about what you were just saying, what happened 20 years ago and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff and how that like affects it. And that had that blew my mind. I had no idea. Yeah, no Gore, idea. Clinton, Gore. Yeah. I miss I miss being able to vote in that election. I was seventeen. I turned eight. I turned my birthday is November nineteenth. So I missed. The, I always miss turning the next age by like uh, two weeks. So I was seventeen. I couldn't vote for Gore. Not that I would have swung the election. I wasn't in Florida. That vote, hey, could have been that one vote. <laughs> but I remember. I, I, I remember. I remember that stuff clear as day. And I, you know, our generation. I'm I'm the oldest millennial. I'm thirty. I'm about to turn thirty eight years old. And I, I my. Freshman year of college was 9-11. My mom lived in New York City. That was a very defining thing. Then the world, my first big break in my TV career got upended by the world economic collapse in 2008. Oh. So, and then I literally just had my biggest credit of my life on this Netflix show get shot down by COVID. Jeez. So like, my entire adult life has been defined yeah. by failures of Republican leadership. And that's why I agree with you that the youth is waking up because anybody that's younger than me has done, dealt with the same shit and sees that this is an unsustainable system Absolutely. where it is very, very clear who the culprits are who are drowning this fucking country in their selfishness for money and power. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the passion behind right. it. Yeah, our government's extremely antiquated and I just don't understand why we're <laughs> doing so many things the same. It doesn't yeah. make sense, none of it. Um, I have to be that person. Um, not so. that you voted for him. No, okay, let me explain myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it, get so it. What I want to say is that this is a forecast, a prediction, 
it is not how I voted or how I want it to go. I want Biden to win so bad. However, we saw what happened in 2016. Mm. Hillary Clinton was polling, you know, very well mm. in 2016. She had a 86% chance of winning. Um, I don't even know on election day because I watched it and I feel like PTSD or like trauma is not allowing me to remember. But I just don't remember <laughs> if she was ever even like beating him on the television. Like it was neck and neck the whole night. Yeah. And I was like, this is just a little too close yeah. for comfort for somebody that's supposed to be, you know, have an 86 percent like chance of winning this. Um, and then so like basically it's based off of what happened last time. Like Bi Biden is Hillary Clinton. A lot of people don't like Biden. A lot of people didn't like Hillary Clinton. They're trying to vilify him at every turn. Um, and I just feel like anything is possible again. Yeah. Like, I just really think that it could happen just because it happened before. And that's my main reason for like forecasting this is that anything can happen. It's happened before we let our guards down and got comfortable and we're like, yeah, but I just think that it could happen. It, I mean, there's a 50 50 chance, right? But I also think that on the flip side, um, in a way, I don't want Trump to win. Yeah. But I have this weird like pessimism towards if Biden wins, he's going to have to clean up everything that's happened in the last mm -hmm. four years with the Republican Senate. Mitch McConnell. If they win the Senate. If if republicans win back the senate which i think they i actually have no idea i, was like, I, I would i couldn't possibly tell you i just um, don't know i just don't feel comfortable with anything i feel like everything going on in the government right now is a little corrupt yeah yeah and so i feel like if it stays republican majority republican and biden gets in there and has to clean up it's going to be a lot of uh filibustering yeah <laughs> you know like there's going to be like, going back and forth and nothing, nothing and nothing working. being resolved yeah. and at the end of the day the american people are still without jobs without uh an end to COVID, uh without you know affordable or free health care you know it's just like there's so many things that are going to have to be fixed and it, it worries me that um, Biden's going to have to go in there, clean it up, kind of like Obama had to go in there and clean up Bush's mess. And then everybody's going to be like, we're voting Biden out in the next four years because he didn't do anything for us. And Trump might try to come back and be like, let me get my next four years. That's just me being. If Biden, if Biden wins, Trump will be in prison in four years. So it, I'm not worried that's about exactly, that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's 20 open cases that are like where he in New York, in New York state alone, where in he is legitimately uh like a primary part of these literal Sorry. crimes he's been committing and, his whole life and this That's is why like one of my well, biggest hopes no really and i'm like looking forward to that too because yes i know that there are people that are just waiting and that's why and that's why can we are we can we switch gears now and talk about what might happen on the other side um Sure. I done? think Trump's going to win. I hope Biden wins, honestly. Like, that's who I'm wearing his t shirt on Tuesday. He better win. If not, I'm cussing out every American that voted for Trump. <laughs> I'm going out swinging. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I legit have a friend in Canada who's ready to send me a prenup and marry me so I can get the fuck out of here. I'm not I, kidding. Um, 
I'm my not dad, joking. My father's a Canadian citizenship. I'm going to get. What the fuck are you still doing here? I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get my dual citizenship. We could Good. become like a. Common law Mary. Yeah. yeah, yeah we can it. just. We're like two go. hours away. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to rush you. No, rush that's okay. your answer. But like to, the to talk. Answer's Trump. Yeah. We can move on. <laughs> but to talk about that on the flip side, if, if Trump does get reelected, I see him going after any of his like political opponents and trying yes. to go after them as far as a court of law goes. Because, he's already, I mean, he's done it his whole president. It's, well, it's and, literally all he's ever done. And with him ever. trying to like point, yeah. uh, he, and now he's pointing more and more fingers at like Biden and his family and what right. they've done. And y'all need to look at Biden and this and that and the other. I feel like if he gets reelected, he's going to push that even more and create this narrative that Biden's a criminal and get him arrested for whatever. I find it so hard to believe that, you know, Republicans who follow Trump would listen to him saying someone else is a criminal when there's all this evidence that he is in his face like hello so it's like i think that we should just take people being criminal out of the, the uh, equation or like what makes you make your decision because it's like a criminal saying a criminal is a criminal is like right everybody should everyone's stinks. a criminal <laughs> everybody's <laughs> you know i don't know there's um i mean there's so many things to say what's going to happen it's not going to be great i mean i think i think trump is his entire strategy right now is that he's he's going to hole up in the White House and he's going to stall the results of this election as long as he can. And he's going to try to negotiate his way out of the White House because I think he's going to try to negotiate a pardon in whatever way he can get it because he knows the reality. I mean, my, I think you say the best your your dream is that he gets arrested. My dream is that as soon as he leaves the White House, he flees to Russia or because <laughs> right. it just pays off everything we've known about him the whole goddamn time because oh i actually God. think there's a really good chance he would have to flee the country I agree. He's... oh i totally agree didn't he say that he was like if biden wins i'm leaving the country and i'm like cool peace like... yeah yeah get out good i mean he just, pay, <laughs> let, just just show us exactly who you are i mean it's uh i i think we're in a lot of trouble because if he goes somewhere like belize you know if he goes somewhere like that's like safe for him but not politically bad like if he goes to russia he's an imbecile but I'm, i understand why because he's a fucking puppet um but if he goes like belize i don't know why i picked belize i guess because it's a lot of white americans live there um and he tries to foment the uh, dissent of the government he can rally his troops from overseas and that's the thing it's like even though he's left the country that doesn't mean his people they, they believe everything they've ignored I... the 25 legitimate sexual assault cases that are still pending mm -hmm. including children They've ignored the six bankruptcies. They've ignored the crimes. They've ignored that seven people in his cabinet have been uh, um, charged with crimes and gone to prison. Right. I mean, they're ignoring the fact that these this this is the criminal. This is the swamp because right. he tells them otherwise. They're right. they're sheep that think they're standing up for democracy. Mm -hmm. they're, they're constitutional originalists that are ignoring the constitution. Like it's just the hypocrisy is so far beyond them. So I think that it, it's going to be bad and that's if i think it's gonna be bad if biden wins i can't if right. trump wins he's gonna, gonna do exactly what you said yeah do no you guys same. think there will be riots either way either side? i so do like, no matter who i do i'm worried about in our state in, in seattle i'm worried about the gun-toting people who have been threatening us about antifa and yep. all that stuff those are the people that i'm worried about is those there are a bunch of super 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 right Trump Republican conservatives in in this state that are feel like are ready to just come for us. And uh, so I, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, uh, go ahead. I, I, you're literally who I worry about. It, it's Portland. It's it's Washington. It's 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 Ferguson. It's Kenosha. It's you know it's where we've seen unrest. It's not Detroit. Detroit will be fine. It's 84% black. There's no the, the <laughs> cops are black. Like everybody's black. There's no there's no Trump morons to create this mm -hmm. fucking fictional situation where Antifa is starting a riot. So we have to show up with guns, even though no riot exists before you we know. showed up. You know. My, okay. I, this guy I was supposed to do this podcast with yesterday. The one that uh, bailed on you? That he bailed. He asked me to be on his podcast so we could Scaredy cat. And then he fucking bailed Scary on Scary ass. Coward. Just, such the most like. Trumpian <laughs> bullshit. Look, I'm talking on, shit. <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> if, you, if you need a job as a hype man, I'm hiring you. Hey, I got um, you. I'm one of the best, to be honest. I believe it. <laughs> But he was tweeting all day yesterday about like, while he was supposed to be talking to me, he was like tweeting, oh my gosh. like boarding up all these shops in DC because they know that if Biden doesn't win, the Democrats are going to smash the protest. And I was like, we need to defend. And I was like, dude, what? this is, this is the, you're the problem. This yeah. is the problem. Yeah. It's because all you're doing is encouraging fucking dumb, crazy people to pick yeah. up their guns and cross state lines like that 17-year-old did in Kenosha. Yeah. Show up with right. an assault rifle. And when people are pissed, he shoots them and he kills mm -hmm. them and he goes to prison. And why the fuck is a 17-year-old crossing state lines to defend people's yeah. property? Like, what are you talking about fucking property when there's lives on the line, there's healthcare on the line? You can't right. pretend like you stand for anything else except your own mm. fucking political power when that's the thing you argue for. And it's I, infuriating. I'm really glad that you say that. I want to also add on top of that, that they did, they have done uh, like research and come out with statistics that the majority of the people that they've arrested from the yeah. protests, especially like our local ones, are Caucasian and yeah. they're not from uh, Seattle. They're all from yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, and that's why though, that I'm like, you know, nervous. We tried to get out here and like participate in a peaceful protest for George Floyd. And then yeah. was completely just like overran derailed, derailed by, no. by groups of people like that, you know? And it was yeah. scary to be around because it was like, whoa, this is not what we're here for or what we want to do. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to fight for black people and put them directly in danger. In danger. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's I, I'm nervous that we're going to see similar to that, but more along the lines of like, if if Trump wins, I'm I think we're going to see Trump supporters um, in the streets acting reckless with the guns, talking about like, you know, we told you, we told you, we're here what to about defend on a whole day, on a, sorry election day, mm -hmm. when people are yeah. you know lined up trying to get their last vote in, um, at de in Democratic areas, Democratic states, cities, or whatever. Do you think there's going to be some like Yes. People that go out there like you, how are you voting? They're already being told to defend the poll boxes with yeah. their guns and yeah. I mean, did you see voter, what happened in Texas on that's Friday? A, that's voter intimidation. I didn't, I didn't no. Hear what city. happened? When when so Biden's campaign went to Texas because it's such a close <gasps> polling identical. I did. I did see the that. Biden when the Biden bus came into Texas, it came into Austin from San Antonio. A, a shit ton of Trump cars surrounded it, like they were waiting for it. Yep. And they tried to run it off the road. They slowed down in front of it to try to make it stop. They were brandishing guns. They crashed into an SUV. They had to literally called the cops to be escorted. They canceled the rally. Yep. Because these people were, were it was negligent homicide. It was attempted homicide. And I that saw was that. before the election. So yep. imagine how much they're going to feel empowered if Trump wins and how angry they're going to be if he loses. It's a lose lose situation in a lot Either of Either way, places. I agree. I'm, yeah, we're prepared for I mean, for the. 
for the country it's it's a win it's a it's a it's a survivor die situation but in terms of like the day-to-day life that comes afterwards it's no matter what happens it's yeah. just crazy people have been wound up and dog whistled at for four years and these fucking white supremacists are gonna be out there and um people need to be careful maybe we shouldn't get too drunk on tuesday in case we need to like <laughs> what are you talking about i'm locking the door <laughs> I'm we, drinking my tequila and I'm going to be in the house. I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, no, we're, um, <laughs> I'm a firm believer in my Second Amendment rights, and this house is very well protected. Yeah, we so. already have our attack <laughs> plan. You've got the gun, yeah. I've got the machete. <laughs> you got our third roommate. Like, you shoot, you stab. You guys are ready. So. <laughs> you know, we're ready for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not leaving this house. <laughs> oh, um, man. I just, I'm really disappointed, and I also, I had something else to say to your point, but I already lost it. I'm just kind of like r- running it over in my head, and it all just really scares me. Oh, mm-hmm. what I wanted to say, we're in the middle of a pandemic and all of this. I, I just, everything that's happened this year, on top of the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic to me, is just crazy. Everyone yeah. should be in their houses oh, unless they are getting groceries or working or I don't know what other essential business you need to be doing. But like going out to um, threaten people who are trying to, you know, vote is not one of the reasons you should be outside. Like you are threatening someone's life while also risking your life. And so is And they're probably really anti-maskers it? at that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> right. So they're also not wearing masks. I'm trying yeah. to understand like do we want to like I, I just this means more to you than being at, be able to live our free lives again and like getting rid of this freaking pandemic that is ravaging it's what you were saying earlier justin about the selfish individualistic it's 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 the it's the lack of leadership i mean Mm. look 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 how confusing it is to explain like the situation we're in politically in terms of people trying to show up to vote but other people showing up to defend nothing with their guns but really to intimidate (laughs) while there's no mask but there's a pandemic but we're peaking but we're not because trump declared mission accomplished uh it's a lack of leadership. This is what a lack of leadership looks like. This yeah. level of confusion, this level of abject failure. Dr. Fauci is literally being interviewed saying, I can't say what I think because I may lose my outlets altogether if I do. Trump is literally the suppression of our right to vote. He's literally mm-hmm. suppressing people's free speech to protect us so that he can stay out of prison. And anybody that supports him is, is, a, is a conspirator to this problem. So we, 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 need, we need leadership. We need anybody. We need anybody to feign leadership. <laughs> Thank you. For the love yes. anybody. Either one of you guys want the job. Fuck anybody. Come at on. The, like, at I'll this point, yes, please. go. Yeah. Yo, um, I was saying I'd take George Bush again. Oh, no. I would too. I, mean, I, was I don't young. think he's not a bad guy. He was a horrible president, but yeah, I don't think he's a bad guy. That's I'm not just, smart, but he almost died choking on some peanuts. Yeah, but pretzels, I believe. Pretzels. Oh, I mean, my who home. hasn't had a choking scare? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's not the smart. He's not the smart. He's, not, he's not, no. definitely not a dumb person. You don't get that far. Being right. dumb. Hey, well, yeah, look at Trump. Well, with one exception, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. But Trump, Trump, I mean, Trump is literally like a fucking needle in a haystack. And yeah. I, I, have my, I can explain exactly why that happened. But with, with, with George Bush, um, he just, he, if George Bush had gotten sick with COVID, People weren't going to be out in the streets hoping he died. You know, there wasn't going to be a trending no. hashtag on Twitter that was avoiding saying, I hope he dies because right. people were getting taken off of Twitter. Like we found back doors to trend on Twitter, excited about him being sick because he was such, he's such a piece of shit hypocrite. 
and that the irony was too great not to talk. Right. Nope, that wouldn't happen if you're not a dictator. George Bush wouldn't have gotten that kind of hate. You know, I was right. overseas in 2004, peak Iraq war. Mm. Where I, was in, I was in Southeast Asia. When people would find out I was an American, they'd be like, ugh, American. And now when I'm overseas and people find Trump and people find out I'm American, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're right? People apologize. Like, yeah, they were mad. And now they feel bad for us because yeah. they know what a dictator looks like. They know uh. that we're fucked. So if we don't get rid of this guy, we're fucked. We're seriously um, going to Canada. No, like 100%. I've no. said it. I'm ready for Canada or Mexico. Either or. Whoever's got their borders <laughs> open. Yep. Well, on, on that note, thank you so much for going over that with us. Um, oh, thank you guys for yeah. having me. This was so fun. No, of course. Um, we're going to quickly recap everything. Uh, decide if it was the way or not the way. Um, but so. before we do that, can you plug yourself? and let everybody know where they can find you. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> I know you probably got a lot, so you take it away. No, I'll make it easy. I mean, this, uh, I'm on, um, my website's justinhermancomedy.com on TikTok. I'm at justinhermancomedy. My Instagram's justin underscore Herman. Uh, and those are the, the key ways to find any of the nonsense that I say or do. Um, come say hi. Awesome. No, I love that. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so guys. Let's, let's jump in from the top and say um, our, well, our icebreaker was definitely the way. The way. That, that was, was fun. Super um, dope. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I'm it glad. Felt like eons ago. Yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here we are. We obviously had a great conversation. Yeah, really great. <laughs> um, and then our review and discussion of mm. you as a comedian and a little bit more about you. Definitely the way. Um, I think you are dope. Yeah. You are an awesome individual and again, um, you're well you're well versed and well rounded in what you do and you are funny through and through. I think you are funny. Yeah. Definitely the way. And I definitely like learn stuff as well. I that feel part. like we always learn stuff, but talking to you, I feel like you're kind of in the direction that like I would see myself. And so I'm like, I like everything that you're saying and all the tidbits. Gotta go get some packing squares now for my next <laughs> Yeah. <trip. laughs> Putting us on game. An AMX, an AMX card and packing squares. Yes. <laughs> um, our election day forecast. Um I'm going to speak for my prediction. I'm going to say that's the way. Uh, how about you, Justin? I, I actually love that we literally covered every possible outcome, so we can't be wrong. That's right. I think of what's the fucking way. What else is yeah, there? Exactly. We covered the bases, so we can't get our hopes too high. That was genius and well-planned by us. Did I say anything about the electoral uh, college? We did no. not, but that's, well, that's a whole nother can really of worms. That was the whole reason I voted uh, Trump for mine. Mine is not the way. I don't want that. Please. Mm -mm. Yeah. Lord, I know we haven't spoken in a while. Don't let that <laughs> Let's ban the fucking electoral. Let's abolish that shit right. as soon as we can. Right. For fuck's I have, sake. I have an entire like rant about that that oh. I am like so passionate about, but we don't have time for it. It's just kind of like, why is it there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I can tell you why. It's slavery. Exactly. Um, and hey. <laughs> But, okay, so we're going to get into it really quick. I'm reading this yeah. book that said yeah. that in 2016, when Trump became president, that was the first year that we were not protected under the Voter Voting Rights Act, mm -hmm. okay? Because the southern states that it was mainly talking about, like Alabama, Texas, all of them, they said, we no longer are racist or believe in racist views or we don't practice voter suppression that is... Um, <laughs> that is directly like trying to suppress minorities. 
So, okay, if you're not racist, why do you need electoral colleges? Then? Right. I'm yeah. just saying. Okay. You, 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 want, you want to start to understand this country, you have to start with the fact that this is a country built entirely on slavery. And everything Amen. about our Constitution is built on the backs of convincing the rich slave owners to be a part of our union. And then when we got rid of slavery, it was just legalizing slavery in a new way. Mm -hmm. And that has not changed historically exactly. in America. And if the more that you deny that, the more that we're going to have problems. Seriously. Every time. Every time. Yeah, I argue a lot with people on the internet, and I've gotten to that point where it's, a, it's kind of, I'm getting exhausted because I've been threatened yeah. to be sued this year. I've been called, I've been told to get a life. I've been called like all kinds of names. And I'm like, this isn't. Really I think that. you've been called a racist. Yeah, I think I was called a racist yesterday. Hold on. <laughs> you, you guys mentioned. You mentioned Henny Dick at the very beginning of our conversation. Yes. That sketch from 50 Central. And I got a message today, or so yesterday on my uh, my website. Name was Henny Dick. Uh, and the subject was just another racist Jew. And the message said, oh your, com your comedy falls under the new Jewish promulgated hate crime laws. <laughs> and the, the email address is fof at yahoo.com. So I have a feeling... Uh, that troll is deep, deep down underground. Literally. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, okay, so it's one thing to like be on a Finsta account, like on Instagram, and do all of that, mm -hmm. but to go through the trouble and make an entire like fake email Insta address. Email address. Yeah. Come on, what a coward. I know. What a coward. I bet you anything yeah. that was probably the guy that canceled on you. <laughs> <laughs> Same guy, I guarantee you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, well, we're going to get ready to close out this show. Um, you guys, before we do, catch our feature on the Tyson's Vibe podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, as well as our weekly recurring feature on Voices of Experience every Tuesday morning live and replayed every Wednesday afternoon. Um, Tuesday, 7.30 to 8. Darn it. I was wrong. 8 to 8.30. <laughs> Darn it! 8 to 8.30 every Tuesday and from 4.30 to 5 on Wednesdays. That's why I would put loosely morning and afternoon because I was like, you know, I feel like we might have said it wrong the first time we announced that. <laughs> just, just show up and wait for us. Right. Just we'll that. be there. You'll hear us eventually. <laughs> Um, and we want to say thank you again so much, Justin, for coming on today. Um, I appreciate you, us, you guys for having me. Yeah, you gave us a much related, much needed comic comedic relief. Again, yes. I can't fucking talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've definitely had a lot of fun, and I feel like we were able to kind of do our normal podcast. Yes, vibe like cussing, and we didn't take any breaks. Yeah, the conversation was just amazing. So right. again, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. You guys are awesome. I listen, and I, I mean it. You identified like the deep dive parts of my roast jokes that are like to me what was the fun and interesting part about it. So it just tells me that we are on the same level, and, and yeah. you guys are awesome and smart and educated and, and putting out good stuff. So I appreciate you. Thank also, you. you complimented me a lot, and that was your best quality by far. <laughs> this so we, you know, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> trying right. to suck up. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> Taking notes, but thanks to you. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys take care. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. As always, thank you so much for tuning into The Way. Catch you next week. Same time, same place. Follow us on Instagram at The Way Jazz and Tay and on Twitter at The Way JT. Don't be afraid to DM us if you have any questions or suggestions about the show. Until next time. Bye. Peace.